Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd. Thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Acts chapter 16, verse 35. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let these men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have said to let you go, therefore now go in peace. Now the thing about this city, Philippi, it was a Roman colony. It was a very important city, very powerful city. A lot of influential people lived there that were Roman citizens, and Roman citizenship was huge. If you were a Roman citizen, you were protected by the law, and by law, when you were arrested or called into question, there was a process, much like our system today, that you had the luxury of going through. If you were not a Roman citizen, they didn't care. They could kill you on the spot. No big deal. They're not a Roman. Who cares? Well, in this city of influential Romans and very nationalistic pride, they were proud of Rome. They are looking down on travelers as you are not Roman citizens. And they looked at Paul and Silas, and they were outsiders. They were travelers, and obviously not Roman citizens, because look at them, you know, that that kind of thing. So they brought them before the magistrates. The magistrates did not give them a fair trial. They did not do anything according to Roman law, and they punished them as if they were guilty, and they incarcerated them, which in this case... If you were a magistrate and you did that and you were busted, you could then be punished with the same punishment that you inflicted upon them or killed or whatever. It was a bad day when you denied a Roman citizen their constitutional rights. Well, what they didn't realize is that Paul is a Roman citizen. And in dragging him into the court with no protection, with no legal representation, with no due process, they all really screwed up. And so now they are doing their homework and figuring out why this guy was even taken into custody in the first place. And they find out that, yeah, this is bogus. You know, let this guy go. This is stupid. They tell the authorities, yeah, go down there and let him go. And so they go to Paul and they said, okay, you're good. Go ahead and um, pack up and go out in peace, please. And Paul goes, I don't think so. And this is Paul's time to show incredible mercy. There is great witnessing in this story. So Paul said to them, they have beaten us, which was illegal, uncondemned men who are, and then he says the words, Roman citizens. And right there, the authorities that were confronting them probably went, "Uh uh-oh, it's going to be a bad day for the magistrates. And they have thrown us into prison, illegal. And do they now throw us out secretly? I don't think so, no. Let them come themselves and take us out. You bring them down here. We're not just going to walk away from this. What you guys did was illegal. Not only was it illegal, it was really, really bad. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. These guys looked at each other very likely and went, oh no, this is a bad day. So you can imagine the conversation between the magistrates. Okay, look, how are we going to cover this up? What are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? Paul's got the stripes. All Paul had to say was, I'm not leaving, and I want to talk to the governor. Or, yeah, I'm going to head up to the uh, the governor's place or the authorities above them, and I'm going to have a little chat. And by the way, I'm going to own your home. And you know what? Along with that, I think the fine for doing what this, I'm going to say probably about a talent, maybe a talent of gold would work. A talent was several pounds, so several pounds of gold. Paul could have did all of that. He could have had his life padded, man. 
because this would have been a government scandal that they would have paid out big. He doesn't do that. He doesn't ask for anything except for them to come down and face him. Verse 39, so they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave their city. Probably they escorted them really nicely, probably gave them some new clothes since we tore yours, you know, and, and uh, hey, how are those wounds? Oh, someone's already bandaged your wounds. Oh, good, good, good. You know, here's a basket of fruit for the trip, you know, appreciate it. Sorry that we did all this. And you don't see that Paul does anything except say, okay. So they went out of the prison and they went on to their next stop. Paul did not demand vengeance. Now think about this. He's minding his own business. He's accosted by this demon-possessed person. He delivers her, which is a mighty act of God. She then is now delivered, and these guys that own her, they drag them into court, they strip their clothes, they beat them, all this drama. Does Paul have a reason to be angry? Yeah. Does Paul have a reason to feel that he was treated unfairly? Yep. Does Paul have a reason to seek vengeance? Absolutely. But he doesn't, because in Paul's former life, he did the same thing. He watched people die. He drugged people from their homes into prisons because they were Christians. Paul himself says that I'm the chief of all sinners because I persecuted the church. He was a bloodthirsty man, thinking he was doing the work of God. He was doing the work of the devil, and he understood these things. And he says, I've been shown great mercy. I've been allowed to live. I'm preaching the gospel. God is using me. Therefore, O magistrates and all you people, understand something. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. I do not hold this offense against you. That kind of witness is so rare today. It's unbelievable when you see Christians get wrapped up in something, and if they're on the good side of it, in other words, they're the, they're the good guy being victimized, how quick we want vengeance, how quick we want a settlement, how quick we want to jump up and down and, and condemn these people, just like the world does, when all the while we have an opportunity to say, look, God has been merciful on me. And because he has been merciful on me, I am to show mercy on others. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. When you are full of mercy, which merciful means full of mercy, like wonderful means full of wonder, beautiful, full of beauty. Think about that. When you are merciful, when you show mercy, you shall receive mercy. I have seen this in my life so many times. God has shown me mercy, and I'm like, I am not worthy at all. Just like the guy in Luke, the tax collector, standing afar off from the temple. He would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God has shown me so much mercy in my life. I cannot demand vengeance. I have to show mercy because I would be a complete hypocrite if I was one that never showed mercy. Now, there's times when I get mad and I want to tune somebody up or I want to make something right and make a point. But mercy has to govern our hearts. And when God is in control, when you surrender your life and the Holy Spirit is leading you, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those things, when that's happening in your life, it's a lot easier to show mercy because you look at people and you see they need mercy. And again, when we look at this letter to the Philippians, that book that Paul wrote to them, and realizing that there was the three people that he ministered to, directly. Lydia, the demon-possessed woman, and then the guy at the jail. But what about the magistrates? What about the authorities that they had sent and they witnessed this mercy being shown? This was something that they probably couldn't believe. 
this guy is actually going to let these guys off the hook. Now, I don't know, obviously, what transpired between the authorities, between the police. They were probably going, yeah, this is what's going to happen, man. You wait, you watch. And then they see this mercy. Like, what kind of person is this? This guy's crazy. Did you know he could cash in on this? So I'm curious, and maybe when I'm in heaven one day, I'll have this question answered, but I wonder if that small group of believers in the city of Philippi included some of these magistrates or some of these other people. Because you got to remember, when you're showing mercy to somebody, it's not just the person that you're ministering to, it's everybody around you that sees it. Jesus said we're supposed to be like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're supposed to be evident in our dealings throughout life, not just in private, but in public. And sometimes that is scary, but not for Paul. I'm going to show you mercy. And he did. He did show them mercy. And that mercy that they showed was a direct work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Paul over his life and ministry. He knew. He knew the big picture. The big picture is not about whether or not I have a good life, whether or not I'm financially secure, whether or not I get that new house or boat or whatever. The question is, is my life contributing to the kingdom of God? Are people looking at the way that I live, those in my circle, and seeing Jesus? It's that salt of the earth. When you eat salt, it makes you thirsty. Are people thirsty for Jesus? Does your life create that thirst? So think about mercy that mercy you have been shown, that mercy that awaits you. And trust in God, trust in his mercy, and you'll be blessed. Thank you.